It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Warning. Liberty Never Sleeps contains adult political language and adult political themes. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Now your host, the man who's kicking cancer's ass, Tom Purcell. Welcome to the Liberty Never Sleeps Patriot Podcast, the most banned podcast on social media. I'm your host, Tom Purcell. You can follow the show on our website at libertyneversleeps.com, where you find links to us on all the social media sites. The show is available to subscribe to also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite streaming device. For more shows and ad-free videos of the show, you can join our membership club. Details are at libertyneversleeps.com. couple things coming up. We're gradually transitioning into a, a full-time show. As I said, we're, we've reached a, a financial goal uh, at the end of last year. Um, we're now three podcasts a day, and we're um, free to, on the podcast. The videos are still members only. However... Uh, we are going a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. It's going to be taped in the afternoon, which means it'll probably be available to you to listen to and to watch by 6 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's the schedule going forward. Also, uh, we're gearing up so that if you join our Twitter membership club, and that's only five bucks, you'll occasionally occasionally get videos. I won't be showing every video on that. But I eventually want to get, maybe by the end of this year, early next year, where our videos are shown on Twitter to our members only and then free to some people. That's how we're going to work it. Because the, the Twitter has, now that it was a free speech, now that we're not shadow banned on Twitter, now that we're not shadow banned, well, there's still limited shadow banned on Facebook. We can't say everything we want to say on Facebook. People are listening to the show. People are following the show. We're getting more and more revenues every day through advertising. It's starting to pick up steam. The big change was Twitter. Um, it, it, you know, it, I always knew that once we were allowed to speak freely in a public forum, more people would watch this show on a regular basis. And that's what's becoming since Twitter untook the shadow ban office. It, it really has exploded. So we're going forward with a pay model on Twitter for some people to try and transition everybody to a free show all the time. And I can get rid of crowdfunding completely. So I, that, that's the goal, uh, hopefully by next year. But I just want to let you know where we're at. Uh, and we're going to go to a regular schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday evenings. Um, and eventually a, a small pay model on Twitter. Twitter is always free, but the, we're going to show like videos for five bucks a month, uh, which are limited to like the best of or a really important show like the election show or stuff like that. 
that I think that's the best way to do it. And and that way we get a, an open audience. We get everybody off the current model and into a new model. And eventually I'd like to get it where we're just showing videos for free and showing shows when revenues get to a certain point. In other words, when they support the advertising revenues we get from the podcast support the podcasting. And when we get to the video revenues, we'll get, when that gets to the point where it supports the video, we'll go, we'll go to a, a free video thing. So that's where we're at right now. Just want to let you know. Um, so anyway, <laughs> anywho, did you watch the NFL this weekend? Did you watch the, the championship games? I, I know I did. We, we always do in this song. Annie, one of the wonderful things about uh, being hooked up with Annie uh, for almost 20 years now. It's just our, our 19th anniversary is coming up soon in uh, uh, this summer. 19 years by being together now. It's, it's hard to believe. But we, we do the championship games and the football games on, on, on every day. And we re-geared up for this one. We made chili cheese dip and nachos. And we had stuffed mushrooms and stuffed olives. So I, we had, I went out to a deli, got all that stuff. And we just had a fantastic time. I, I'm, we couldn't believe that we're big Chiefs fans and we're big Packers fans in this house and Vikings fans. But it's so hard because Annie's from uh, the Midwest, mid-Missouri. So we always watch a Chiefs game if we can get it, you know, if it's aired. That's why the pay-per-view model that they set up on Peacock for the Chiefs was pissed us off something terrible because we're not going to sign up for Peacock. Um, but the games were fantastic. Other than the Lions' complete self-destruction, the second game. I, I actually was tired about 6 or 7 o'clock, and I went to take a nap because I said, ah, Lions got this wrapped up. It's 17 to 3. It's halftime. I, I said, I, I, may, I may go to bed early. I don't know. I, we were thrilled that it was going to be a Chiefs-Lions. Then I get up from my nap because Annie's yelling. I go, what the hell's going on? She goes, it's 24 and 24. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I had to watch the Lions go down. Because I've loved the Lions for years. Just as a, uh, you know, I'm not a fan, but uh, as a passing thing, I always liked the team colors and the uniforms. And I liked it. I liked the fact, but then they made two huge errors. They did not go for field goals. Instead, they went for fourth and two and fourth and three, which in a championship game, you just don't do. And I said to myself, this is what happens when you put the jock in charge of running the team and calling the plays. You know, he goes out there and I, I know what the theory is. The philosophy is we always go for it on fourth, but I got to tell you, in a championship game, you you got to have more respect for your opponent's strength. And the San Francisco 49ers, you're going to need every point if, you, if you're going to beat them. And, you know, it's the typical jock mentality. Okay, we're going to go for it, fourth and two, we're going to show what we got. You know, that kind of thing. And it just, it's okay in the regular season. It won them some games, but I got to tell you, it lost them some games too. And you don't take that kind of chance with a championship game. This is not... Up to even a playoff game. It's a championship game. This is, you win, you go to the Super Bowl. You got to be very, very careful about decisions you make. You know, and I put that in contrast to Andy Reid over in the Chiefs. He made some very conservative decisions in order to win against the Ravens. He didn't take that chance. And, and Randy Reid's a pretty aggressive coach. And he said, no, I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to do that instead. I'm going to play to protect I played a defensive game, and the Ravens fell into the trap of falling into a defensive game. And the Chiefs are the number one defense in the NFL. It's uh, it's a mistake, and he, and Harbaugh fell into it. You know, and you know Harbaugh is 
a bit of an aggressive guy too. He's like, oh, okay, let's go to go get him. We're gonna go fourth and down. We're gonna kick their ass. You know, that kind of thing. And that you have to be more intellectual and more cerebral about these big games, like the championship game, the Super Bowl is the same way. That's why they didn't go. They just they fell into the trap. Like we could beat anybody. We'll score this touchdown. And we're gonna win. we're gonna take the ten. We're gonna shove it right down their throat. We're gonna run up a little bit. You know, not a good idea. What was it that the, the movie, one of my favorite movies, Godfather, said? Never hate your enemies. Never, never, never get in a situation where it, it affects your judgment, where you let your emotions affect your judgment. I, I'm a pretty big offender of that. I, I get sometimes angry, so angry. I, I do things that I shouldn't, you know. Um, but it, it's, well, whatever. Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers are in the Super Bowl again. Right? I wanted to see the Lions because they'd never been to the Super Bowl before. This would have been so great. But there you have it. I hope the Chiefs win. I didn't think the Chiefs would get this far. I, I thought they had too many coordination issues this year. You know, they were a good team. I don't, don't make me wrong, but... You know, we were talking. Andy and I were talking. And I said, I don't, I don't think they're going to make it this year. I, I don't think they're going to get past uh, these other teams, which are a little bit... I didn't think they'd get past the Ravens, to be honest with you. They just... I, they didn't have... The court, but they they came out and they played like Super Bowl champions, and everybody went nuts because Taylor Swift got down. The NFL got what it wanted. Taylor Swift is, you know, probably going to go to the Super Bowl. Though she's got a concert in Tokyo the night before the Super Bowl, so I I don't know if she what she went crazy. She ran down the field, broke the internet, ran down the field. I love you guys, kissing Travis, whatever. That's not the story. The story is the Chiefs made the Super Bowl when a lot of people didn't think they would like me, and I'm a fan. I didn't, I didn't think they'd make it. Anyway, I'd still love to see the Giants get back in someday. I'm a New, I'm a New York. I adore the Jets, man. I, when, when they got Rodgers this year to play for the Jets, to be the, I said, this is the year. We're going to see the Jets. And once again, the long-suffering Jets didn't do anything this year. Anyway, we got, a, we got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about the Eugene Carroll case. I've, I've avoided talking about it. Because it's a liable case, I don't, really isn't a political, but now it's become that, and I'll, I'll talk about why. We got to talk about Hard Hat Joe. <laughs> it, you, did you see that picture of him with the hat on back? I'll, I'll explain what it's all about when we get to it. We got to talk about Venezuela, Iran directly attacking the United States, UN support for October 7th, I, all these things. We got, we got a lot to bring you. Well, before we go, I, did you see the story? about the Mona Lisa, a bunch of activists in a museum try to throw soup on it. Now, look, the museums take an enormous amount of precautions. They, they actually have it in a glass protective case. It's real thin. You can't even tell it's in a glass protective case. It's like a, like a sheet of plexiglass over the front of it so that if any wahoo yakko weirdos throw shit up there, it's protected. It's, it's sealed in the case. So sure enough, these two bunch of environmentalists one of them, a YouTube activist, decided to take the time to take, uh, throw soup on the Mona Lisa. I, and everybody was standing around watching him do this and, and, and say their thing, you know, like, we need to save the trees or whatever the hell, whatever the tree-hugging thing that they were talking about. I don't, I don't know, was it Palestine? I, I, I really don't care. And they were all standing around waiting for security to grab him. It's like, I don't know if, I, don't know if I could wait for security. I, I, I'm an art lover. And, and the Mona Lisa doesn't have anything to do with what's going on today. It's a, it's a work of art that's to be appreciated by both right and left. I, I don't know if I could stand there. I'm that kind of a person. 
I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm the kind of person who would see something like that begin to happen and it would attack them, you know, to pre try and prevent it, try and stop it, or at least take a swing at one of them. I, I, I couldn't, I don't know if I could withhold myself because everyone was like, they're taking their cell phones out and, and taping these activists. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You should, the high entire crowd should beat the hell out of these kids. Really, you know, because you, you can't allow that kind of behavior in a society, in a civilized society. It's all about civilization. Anyway, oh, civilized society seems to be breaking down. I and you know this. I'm I grew up in the Vietnam era and stuff. But that, well, who was it that said this? Oscar Wilde, the the first sign of the end of a society is the breaking down of manners. I think it was Oscar Wilde. I'd have to look it up, but he's right. These are the, the symptoms of a much greater problem. And what have we talked about here on, for this show for years about the Republican Party, about politics in general? The solution to 99% of our problems is being better people. The solution to uh, mass shootings is we're not producing quality people out of our education system. We're allowing our emotions to run away with us, you know. The, po the, the politics of extremism are taking over. And this is from somebody who's hard conservative. So right, let's, let's move on. I want to talk about the Eugene Carroll case because I've avoided really the subject in the most part because it was a simple libel case. But there's much more going on here. We'll be right back after this brief but important announcement. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. E. Jean Carroll. E. Jean Carroll was an author and columnist been so for years, published a number of books. Most of it was, I hate men. That, that's really what articles are. Even though the, the titles of, of her columns and books were, were arguably of, a, of another subject, they're all about, I'm unhappy, I'm miserable, I'm bitter because I'm a woman and I'm not a man and I'm going to take it out on society. That's really what she writes. That's honestly. I know it's fashion and stuff, some, some of the things, but that's what it's about. 
So apparently, 30 years ago, this is her story, not mine. 30 years ago, she was in a department store, Bergdorf Goodman, shopping across the street from where Donald Trump was speaking. And at some point, Donald Trump walked across the street, approached E.G. and Carol, forced himself on her in a woman's changing room, and then went back to where he was giving the speech and went on with his life. And then she said nothing about it for 30 years, comes out, tells everybody this story, tells it he did this and he did that, provided no evidence, provided no eyewitness accounts, no like other stories that would corroborate this, like witnesses, nothing. And sues Donald Trump, says, says publicly first, doesn't do it privately, does it publicly, says the ex-president of the United States at the time, or president at the time, I think he was the president at the time, the president uh, assaulted me in a, a women's changing room 30 years ago with no evidence, with no subsequent back. And the only evidence she probably was like, I told a friend 30 years ago and that friend can corroborate it today. That, that's not evidence. It's some hearsay that could be contrived. Now, if anybody else did this to anybody else, not the president, not a columnist, let's say two people, if anybody else did that, it would be a libel case on the behalf of Donald Trump, right? Because you can't provide any evidence. You can't say any witnesses. There was apparently no witnesses. And I, listen, I was in retail 30 years ago. There are cameras outside of changing rooms, even 30 years ago. Nobody had it. They were all gone. Security personnel didn't see anything. Really? Okay. Could happen. But if you did this publicly, you would be sued for libel. E. Jean Carroll would have a case against her by Donald Trump. He should have immediately sued. Immediately. No, I didn't do anything like to suggest like that is ridiculous. You're obviously mentally ill. And sue her. But he didn't. E. Jean Carroll filed for criminal charges, except it was 30 years. Statute of limitations, even if it did happen, can't apply. So New York decides to write a law a few years ago and says there's no statute of limitations anymore for this and a woman doesn't have to provide any evidence you're automatically guilty by accusation if you can convince a jury that the story is true and they didn't do it in criminal law they did it in civil law that's how they wrote the law so she then applies her story to this new law. And they made the law retroactive, which is unheard of. And nobody makes a law that, that's retroactive. If it wasn't criminal at the time you did it, or if it wasn't a, a subject of civil lawsuit that when you time you did it, you, they, they can't backdate crimes. But they did in the New York case. That's the way the law was written. It was specifically designed to take on this case. So she goes, she goes into a courtroom. Provides no evidence, provides no testimony, no witnesses, nothing. She basically says, he raped me. The jury in the case said 
under New York law. He didn't rape her. He actually took the time to say, nope, he didn't rape. He could be accused of sexual abuse, but, and in the, if you read the jury read, reading, in, in the judge's reading, they say, well, we had to find him guilty because that's the way the law is written. That anyone, it's a believable story. She, she went into great detail about it, but she's got to get understand she's a writer. The story that comes out was identical to a story in a CSI shortly before she came out with the story in the first place. It's completely contrived, completely made up. That's Donald Trump's argument. They then find Trump guilty civilly, not criminally, because you can't. And say, well, there are damages due and we have to set a separate trial date, which is unusual as well, for the damages. So after the case is, is litigated, Trump comes out and says, hey, this woman's crazy. I never touched her. And then she says during the, right afterwards, within literally 24 hours, Donald Trump defamed me again by saying that I'm crazy. They go into the settlement over the weekend, Friday, and they settle for $85 million in punitive damages because the law is not written to provide punitive damages on the second case. Now, anybody looking at this case on facts, not on emotion, not even on believability of Donald Trump or Eugene Carroll, on facts, would say this is totally ridiculous. You understand that what has happened is that a woman got angry at Donald Trump, went into a courtroom, complained about it, and when you say she's wrong, then you get 85 million. I mean, God, what, what kind of justice system is that? What kind of justice? Well, he raped her. First of all, everyone's saying he raped her. No, he didn't. The jury even specifically said there was no way. Well, the judge said. Well, the judges don't make that decision. A jury does. I... It, we have completely abandoned reason in our justice system. We have completely abandoned the rule of law and the law of fact. You could just walk into a courtroom in New York until now they're in the process of repealing it because they don't know how dangerous it is. A woman could walk into a court and say, 40 years ago, Joe Blow assaulted me and they're forced to find him guilty of it if this, the story is at least reasonably true. Now you gotta understand too, E. Jean Carroll goes out on national TV before this whole case says that rape is sexy, talks about it endlessly, talks about all kinds of crazy things. They have to shut off the video because she's saying all these crazy things. And she still wins. And people are still saying, oh, you raped her. It's all about, let's get Trump. Let's hate on Trump. I don't like Trump. I don't believe Trump. That's it. That is the only settlement. This is not like, because people have been, I've been look, taking this case and go, oh, it's just like Alex Jones. He defamed her and we're going to, and the courtroom is going to settle it. He goes to New York, first of all, New York jury. I mean, you, you might as well stand in front of a jury of Nazis and be Jewish. You might, you might as well. You, you've got no, you haven't got a prayer against a New York jury in an accusation against Donald Trump, right? Can't, you couldn't win that case in a million years. He didn't even attend the first trial. But a woman can say that, uh, he, he attacked me, he raped me, he assaulted me, he abused me, and you're guilty by law, automatically. 
he's going to win an appeal on a reduction charge. And people are saying this is like Alex Jones. Well, Alex Jones said that these kids weren't like, well, there's a little difference. Little difference. Alex Jones' case was definitively liable. He didn't come out beforehand. He came out after, after the fact. It was definitively liable. And it was at the, at the time of the incident. Sandy Hook happened. Alex Jones said, well, it's not true. These kids are dead or, or whatever the thing is. He accused the parents of being part of a conspiracy theory. And they immediately sued. Well, there's a time, a time factor. 30 years, folks. I, if you asked me where I was specifically on what day and what time and where I was 30 years ago, 35 years ago, I couldn't tell you. I'd have a general indication, well, I was in college at the time, you know, that kind of thing. But if you tell me, I don't know anyone that can recount an incident to the minute from 30 years ago. Would couldn't happen. It's just not believable. If I'm sitting on the jury, that's not believable. Well, yeah, but she was attacked. Yeah, well, you got to first believe she was attacked. You got to provide evidence. You have to show some corroborating evidence, like a dress or was ripped or uh, a security tape video. And why would you wait 30 years until he becomes president? It's clearly someone who just wants to get in the, in the fame and wants to, has a bitter grudge against Donald Trump for political reasons and wants to get even. And she thinks she's going to actually see that money. And this was all designed so that people would go on Twitter and social media, Donald Trump's a rapist, and say that during an election process. That's all, that's all it is. Donald Trump's a racist. He's not convicted of rape. He's not convicted of racism. He's not convicted of insurrection. This is all just political opinion. This is not court cases. Well, he was convicted of rape. No, he wasn't. He was convicted under a law designed specifically to find him liable, not convicted, liable for sexual abuse. That's ridiculous. No, by the way, no one has filed suit under that law since because it's specifically designed around Donald Trump. It's, it's, first of all, is it even a believable story? Why, why on earth? Why on earth would he walk across the street to a dressing room and assault her, then walk back to... to I, does that make any sense to you? Really? Does that really make any sense to you? No, absolutely not. Usually in cases of rape or sexual assault or something like that, it's a matter of convenience. Or in, in other words, they were, she was at the event listening to him and then wanted to talk to him after and then afterwards in his dressing room, that kind of thing. You don't stroll across the street to a public building where people are shopping and then go into a women's dressing room. No one notices, right? Donald Trump was pretty famous 30 years ago. No one notices Donald Trump walking through the store who always would go around with reporters and an entourage. No one notices that he just wanders in, does this attack, and you don't say anything for 30 years. I, it, 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 this reminds me of the Kavanaugh case. When, when the Supreme Court George Justice Kavanaugh was accused, after all the Judiciary Committee meeting officially are over, woman pops up, says, I sent the letter to Nancy Pelosi saying that Kavanaugh raped me 30 years ago. And then they give her time on the floor. She provides no evidence. She provides witnesses that can't remember the time or the day or even Kavanaugh himself. And people are walking around, Kavanaugh's a rapist.
$85 million. Like Alex Jones, a billion. Nobody's reputation is worth $85 million. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, $85 million. How are you defamed? You were the one who publicly made an issue of the case first. Well, he called me mentally ill. You're the one who went on TV and exposed yourself as mentally ill first. How are you damaged? That, see, these are questions I would ask on the jury. Well, how are you damaged? You, you, you talked about this incident publicly. You said all these crazy things. And here's the thing. The judge in the case prevented the jury from factoring in Carol's appearance on the show where she said all those crazy things because the, the defense team immediately produced the tape says here's the tape i want you to say and they barred trump from talking about it when he was on the stand well that's relevant to the case you have to prove that your get your character was sullied it was already sullied from what you said yourself he didn't accuse you of anything that the entire world didn't see on the and he prevented them seeing I, it, it's the judge tampered with the case silenced Donald Trump repeatedly, refused his rights of self-incrimination altogether. That's why it's political. That's why I avoided it. I said, let's wait to see what happens in the case. I didn't want to talk about it. I've always taken that stance. I'm not going to talk about stuff publicly until it's adjudicated. But then you, I'll have something to say. We got to move on. And another infantile moment in American history happened. Donald Trump, uh, excuse me, Joe Biden wore an iron worker's hat on backwards. And I'm going to tell you why it's relevant and why this particular stupid incident with Joe Biden should be talked about. We'll be right back after this brief but important message. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Joe Biden has a habit of saying really stupid things in public, doing stupid things in public. There was an incident. We talked about this briefly. He was appearing in Wisconsin when he talked about beer and he fumbled over his words repeatedly. And then everybody laughed. We talked about it last show. And it was a moment of comedy. But he's up there talking with the United Auto Workers and some iron workers, basically catering to the unions, which is what you do in politics. That wasn't the issue I had. You know, he's up there trying to get the union vote, even though he's been damaging the common working man left and right. And he goes to take a picture. I, I remember the incident where he took a picture with a bunch of kids in a firehouse, and that went entirely south, too. All the kids had pro-Trump, I hate Biden shirt t-shirts on because it's firefighters. They're working men. They're not going to vote for Biden. 
the Democrat Party has completely abandoned the, the blue-collar crowd. And you could debate that to the cows come home. I took a picture with some kids, and there he was standing there with his mask on. All the kids are un, un, unmasked, and they got Trump, whatever, shirts on. It was, it was a moment of high comedy. It was like, boy, that communication, whoever's doing the communications director, the wild sure don't know what they're doing. They would never allow a photo op like that with that to get out. Forget it. I don't know who took the picture, but it was ridiculous. So he's up there taking pictures with iron workers. And he gets puts the hard hat on. Yes, I know it's not a hard hat. It's an iron worker's hat. But you use the term hard hat for anything, you know, protective head headgear. And he puts it on backwards. It's totally idiotic. No one puts a hard hat on backwards. And people have been saying, well, I, I, put, I put it on backwards. Yeah, with iron workers, sometimes you put it around because you can put a welding mask on and that kind of thing. But what you do is, is the way an iron worker's hat is, it looks like a, a hard hat. It's, it's harder, I guess. And it's usually copper domed. Okay, it's a, it's a thing. You can look it up online. They're about 150 bucks. Inside, it has a reversible tightening strap. So it never falls off. Every, every construction worker's hat, every hard hat has a, some sort of webbing inside that you can reverse for when you do things like iron work where you put a mask on or something like that. That's why you would turn it around. Or you had to put your head in someplace or whatever. But what you do is you take the strap, pop it out. It's got like snaps if you've ever had. My, my dad was a construction worker for years. I know all about him, all right? I've worn them around the house and I wore them for, for Halloween once. I know how to wear a fucking construction worker hat, okay? You, he, you turn the webbing around, it snaps out or pulls out or unhooks. Some cases it's bolts. It depends on the manufacturer and the type of whatever. And then you check the webbing out, you reverse it, and you put it back in, you put it on. He's got the iron worker hat on in reverse, but he leaves the webbing in place, and the fucking webbing is across his forehead. That's senility. But you know why? Because it's so awkward to wear a hat like that with the webbing hanging practically in your eyes, you wouldn't even do it for a selfie. You, you wouldn't. I, well, people have said, well, there's stickers for the United Auto Workers and there's stickers for the unions with the union boss. I don't care. The minute you put the thing on your head, you would know, oh, fuck, I can't wear it like this. I'll just turn around. I don't have time for it to switch the webbing around. I'll just turn it around. That's what you would do. You wouldn't wear it with a strap that was banging your head and making it... it it had to. Be, I would have loved to see the picture of him taking it off because it had to. His head had to be red from the strap hurting him. And people have said to me, "Well, it's just a mistake, just a quick selfie." It's an indication that the guy isn't all together there. Okay. No one would do that. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. No one would put the strap on with it hanging over your forehead. For God's sakes, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's senility. He's not ready for prime time, folks. Come on, admit it. And all these liberals were defending it on Twitter. Like, well, you just put it on for a minute. Well, it's an iron worker's hat, not a hard hat. What? Is this the hill you guys want to die on? Why don't you admit it? The guy is not capable of functioning normally. I mean, even if it was a temporary incident. Hey, listen. I, you know, maybe... Biden isn't the right guy for us. He's old now. He's decrepit. He's shaking hands in midair. He's using the baby steps at the, on the Air Force One. Maybe we should consider somebody else. Maybe. They're not. They're installing him. 
got the superdelegates. They ran RFK out of the party. He won't debate anybody. I've said this about Trump, that Trump should have debated. Trump may have age problems. We talked about all this stuff on the show before. It's like people don't know that I've done other shows. But at the same time, this has gone beyond the pale. He's not ready. And it's like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing in the White House. Nobody said to the president, oh, listen, turn around. Even if you're covering up for him, you just just turn around so you don't look like a fucking idiot. Because he did. He looked like a fucking idiot. What was the story this week that no one's talking about? Uh, Speaking of which, speaking of senility, speaking of right hand not knowing what the left had, what what, what aren't we talking about? Venezuela is having an election, coincidentally. And uh, the president, the current president, Maduro, is banning candidates from the ballot, which is bad enough because we heard about Colorado and Maine. We heard about the Democrat Party. Oh, it's okay. It's okay because it's Trump. It's okay because he committed insurrection. It's okay. You know, everyone justifying it. The White House comes out and says how unethical it is to ban candidates in Venezuela and is considering sanctions against Maduro and Venezuela now. Talk about pot meeting cattle. That's, uh, I, immediately when I saw this story, I go, are you fucking kidding me? Are, are you, are really? Look, I, I agree. Banning candidates, taking them off the ballot, saying you can't vote for them, it's highly unethical during an election. It's highly unethical ever. But during an election, to take someone off a, off a ballot is inappropriate. It's the kind of things you see in countries that are banana republics, like Venezuela. You don't see it here in the United States. So, but the White House is perfectly okay with Trump being taken off the ballot in Colorado, Maine, other states are talking about it. Still, still talking. They're all waiting for the Supreme Court to make a decision. And they have the nerve to then come out against Venezuela, who's doing exactly the same thing and saying how terrible it is. See, this is what I mean about senility in the White House, about the, the, the left not knowing what the right is doing. Left hand versus right hand, not left aisle. Secretary of State Austin in a hospital, prostate cancer, or at least a discovery of it during a routine procedure. Probably, he had, I'll bet you I know what the procedure was. He had enlargement of the prostate, which is typical of people above 55, 60. You get it? And if it gets bad, they give you a, like a balloon catheterization to open up the area. And when they do it, they look inside and they say, hey, you got, got cancer. It's, a, it, it's one of those things. Like when I, it's when they discovered the pancreatic cancer in me, I went in for a gallbladder. Uh, for, for what I thought was a gallstone. And they go, hey, listen, that's why you end up a week. Remember I told you this? I said, that's how it happened. So what happened with Austin. But nobody told anybody anything. The first thing I did was I got out and I said to my, to my listening audience, hey, listen, I just got out of the hospital. I'm not going to be, I'm going to be going in for chemo. I can't do the show during chemo. What did Austin do? He kept it to himself. Didn't even notify the deputy. Didn't even notify the White House. And then when the White House found out about it, didn't even call him and say, hey, UK, you're my friend, you're, the, you're my cabinet officer, it's responding, you should have, should have done this. Nobody made a phone call. Nobody said, I'm sorry to hear about Austin. Nobody, everybody doesn't know what they're doing, putting on the hard hat backwards. They're putting on the hard hat backwards in their foreign policy. They're putting the hard hat backwards on their economic policy. That's what he is, hard hat Joe. Does, does everybody forget when he was confronted by a blue collar worker I didn't vote for you. You're not my president. And how he went ape shit. Senility. 
everybody forgot. Everybody forgot. Oh, I don't. I remember meeting the soft serve ice cream. Oh, what did you say to me? You know. Then he's out there trying to trying to get the union vote because he knows the blue collar worker, the average blue collar worker. They're not going to vote for Biden. They're not. They know better. They're going to the store. They're they're trying to make ends meet. On three dollar gallon gas, hundred fifty dollars for a good rib roast. They know. It's not working. It's not working out. I keep getting told the economy is good. How? How is the economy good? We still have pre-COVID labor levels. There are just as many people out now as were during the years of the COVID. Nobody's working. That's why unemployment is low. Nobody's working. People are doing gig economy. They're not filing for unemployment. They're just chronically unemployed because, you know, companies won't hire them back. And then when they do, they're all upset about the quality of the candidates. Well, you're hiring 18-year-olds for people that should be doing 35 and 40 with experience. We're a different generation of a harder worker. It's why the labor pool's decimated, decimated. It's, like I said, it's not even back to pre-COVID levels. That's why nothing works right. That's why planes are falling out of the sky. Do you see those stories? We got a, a depopulation crunch is what's going on. Elon Musk has talked about. That's why it's hard hat, Joe. That's why the hat backwards is so important that you understand what's going on. They are incompetent. He is mentally incompetent, physically incompetent. Blinken is incompetent. You got wars in Eastern Europe and Ukraine. The Middle East is on fire. We're going to talk about that next. Everyone's attacking everyone. Taiwan, probably going to go next. Got little brush fires breaking out all over Africa too. The world is on fire. And Joe's out there taking pictures with the United Auto Workers when the union has already said, vote for Joe. With it backwards. Laughing at him. They're all laughing at him. They aren't laughing with Joe Biden. They're laughing at him. Okay? And this is why I get so upset when I talk about the GOP. They don't go after him. I mean, it's such an easy target. You're spending your time going after Trump. Yeah, Trump isn't a great guy. Yeah, Trump does it to himself says stupid things. But he's the only one talking the way we want Republicans to talk. What? Why? People have said to me, why, do you, why are you supporting Trump? It's not that I'm supporting Trump. It's that I'm defending our only candidate. Did, did, look, well, Trump is a, people say, well, Trump isn't a conservative, Tom. I go, I know. He's not a real conservative. He's not a Reagan conservative or, or better yet, a Goldwater conservative like I am. Well, why are you supporting? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. Is Nikki Haley a conservative? I mean, she's further left than Donald Trump. Is Chris Christie part of the solution? He's not conservative at all. He's from New Jersey. He's practically a liberal. Mike Pence? The only conservative alternative I saw was DeSantos, and people were savaging him. If he'd have gotten the nominee, I'd be sitting here defending DeSantis. I, I know Trump's going to be the nominee, better or worse. That's why you got to vote for him. That's why you got to support him. Because you can't allow this Biden to come get in charge again. It's not just Biden. It's Blinken. It's Kamala Harris who probably will become president because of a Biden. You're not going to make it in another four years. Is that who you want? You want Blinken again? The world is on fire because of this guy. Do you want Austin laying in bed with prostate cancer as your secretary of defense with the world on fire, potentially a World War III on our doorstep? You've got potentially a civil war on our doorstep. 
Are these the people you want running? It's not just Biden. Who is he going to report to the Supreme Court? What's going to happen when? That's what you got to consider. Who would you want in office in World War III or during a civil war? That's the choice you are faced, more government or less. <laughs> That's really what it is. Let's talk about the Middle East and Iran. We'll be right back. So Iran directly attacked Americans in Jordan. Three American servicemen were killed in a rocket attack. Iran is now openly attacking American soldiers. Biden administration says it's going to respond. They're going to just do a measured response. You know that. They're not going to annihilate the facility that launched the attack. They're not going to directly attack Iran. I don't think they will. Probably for the best. You don't want this war expanding despite Biden's and Blinken's efforts. It's expanding on a day, almost daily basis. Pakistan attacked Iran. Iran attacked Pakistan back. Two nu nu a nuclear weapon armed Pakistan. They weren't afraid of attacking them. Houthis are shooting at the Navy, burning the tankers in the Gulf. I'm surprised gas, gas prices haven't gotten out of control yet. But think about this a second. Iran attacked National Guardsmen in Jordan. My first question is, why the fuck are we in Jordan? What, what American interests are in Jordan that we would have to put troops there? Well, they're fighting Israel. But from Jordan? That makes no sense at all. Jordan was set up as a refuge for Arabs when Israel was set up. Did you know that? Did you know that? The understanding of it? The understanding was Jordan was a, a country that was formed so that the Arab peoples in the area would have a place to go if they didn't want to live in Israel territory. So why are we there? Why, why, why are we half in half of these countries all over the world? Why are we there? We are the world's most powerful nation. We don't need to be there. That's the point. We're not the world's policemen, which is what we're doing. And why on earth are we putting Arizona National Guardsmen in Jordan? Do we not have an army anymore? That's what we use. I've been against the use of National Guardsmen overseas. I don't know how long. I don't know how long we've talked about it. National Guardsmen for here, one thing, National Guard. You got no troops on the border where they're pouring in millions at a time, which is what the National Guard should be used for. Instead, you've got them over in Jordan where, where the Iranians are taking pot shots at them. Pot shots. Three of them were killed. But what, what, what do you do? Do you attack Iran openly and start World War III? Maybe. Maybe this is the trigger point. I don't know. Because Biden said, I'll go do something about it. Really? See, the people don't understand the point of having a powerful and expansive military is deterrence. It is not airstrikes. This is the fault I had with the Bush administration. The Bush administration's policy on basically foreign policy was who to bomb and when. Biden says, I don't even know who we should bomb, but let's bomb everybody. That's not foreign policy. When you resort to violence or the use of military in the way that we've been using it for the last 30 years, that is a failure of foreign policy. Wars, 
police actions, whatever you want to call it, interference, whatever. That is a failure of the Department of State and the failure of Blinken and Biden and other previous secretaries of state before. The first Iraq war, when Saddam Hussein attacked Kuwait, that was an American policy failure. That was a State Department failure. The State Department gave the Saddam Hussein the go-ahead inadvertently because of poor wording, because of misunderstanding the entire situation in the Gulf. That's what caused that whole thing to start. Proper foreign policy and the proper use of national defense is defense. That's the way our Constitution was structured. We talk about it in another show. That's why the president can use military force but can't attack another nation. It requires a declaration of war. In other words, I'll use it to protect American lives and interests, but I won't use it to invade another nation. Then I got to Congress. They don't know how to use military force in the United States. They have failed to understand what it's like. It all began with Vietnam, really. Maybe even Korea, if you arguably. Who to bomb and when? That's it. No, we shouldn't have troops in Jordan. We shouldn't have troops hardly anywhere. I, I would argue you probably shouldn't even have troops and you shouldn't even belong in NATO. Germany is perfectly capable of defending itself, or at least it was. So is the United Kingdom. So is France. They had full armies back in the day. Our policy for years up until World War I was we're not going to get involved in foreign entanglements. We're not going to go to war. We're not going to be like these assholes that we fled in 1776. We're going to build an economy and be the builders to the world, not be the warriors and try to take things from everybody. Europe has been doing it for 2,000 years. I don't know why we got involved. Now we got troops everywhere. We're like the Roman Empire. We got troops in Japan. We got troops in China. We got troops in, in, in Guantanamo. Why, why do we earth we have troops in Cuba? I mean, for God's sakes, if you really want to get down to it. It's not necessary. There are almost 200,000 troops worldwide around this nation. We should have 200,000 troops on our border, for God's sakes. And then you have to think about Iran's position. I want you to think very carefully about this. Iran for years has been worried about America invading it, attacking it, becoming another Iraq, right? They, they really have not. They'll do things that are provocative. They'll do things by proxy, like the Hamas attack on October 7th. It's always been about manipulation, undermining, and what? Terrorism. That's why Middle Eastern nations like Iran fund terrorism. They don't want to come into direct contact and direct involvement with the West, because they know it will be the end of the mullahs eventually. Just like it was the end of Saddam Hussein. It's always been that way. You, the country may survive or the end of Gaddafi. The, but you, the Gaddafi, the, the Saddam Hussein, you're going. That, that's the way America handles things now. It gets rid of you. It doesn't get rid of the nation. It doesn't do what it did in Germany. In other words, destroy the ideology and help rebuild the nation with a new constitution. We did that in Japan. We don't do that anymore. They know it will be the end of them. And the world will go on just fine without them. So they're not going to do that. Now, all of a sudden, they're not so afraid of America anymore. Now, it could be two reasons. People have said, well, it's because they know Biden is weak and won't do anything. I don't believe that. I think they got the bomb. I think they've developed an untested atomic weapon. I honestly do. They wouldn't do that. They would not attack directly America or American interests or kill Americans so directly, not indirectly. Not, we're not talking about terrorist attack. We're not talking about the Houthis 
We're talking about an Iranian base launching missiles against American soldiers, okay? They would not do that unless they had an ability to defend themselves and guarantee their survival. They're not stupid. I think they've got an atomic weapon. I think that's untested. They don't want to reveal to the world they have it. And here's why. If they reveal to the world that they've got it, the world knows it's going to end up destroying the Jews in Israel and will prevent them. And the world will gang up on them if they use it in an aggressive way. In other words, Iran says, we declare war on Israel and we launch a nuclear attack on Israel. They know the world will support a nuclear attack on them and the entire nation will be destroyed. Or at the very least, the ball is well. They know this. They can't win. They know they don't have the world quite yet on their side. Oh, they're working hard toward it. Story about UN supporting October 7th. We'll get into that last. But they're not ready for that. They're not ready to use it and know they can get away with it. If they use it in a defensive manner, in other words, let's say an American carrier decides to launch airstrikes on the mainland of Iran. Let's say they don't go after third-party sites. Let's say they don't go after Syria. Let's say we actually go to war with Iran. Then they'll use it and they'll say, we had to. It was the United States against a small little country. We had no way to defend ourselves except by using this atomic weapon. That's why they'll do it. Because they'll give them an excuse to use it. And I believe that's why some smarter and cooler heads in the Biden administration are saying, we don't want to go to war with them because they know they potentially probably have it already and it'll give them an excuse to use it. That's what they're looking for. An excuse to use a nuclear weapon, atomic weapon. Let's put it that way. It's worrisome because what do you do? You can't just let them kill American soldiers. You can't just let them shoot off rockets, foment the war. They're the ones who are the progenitors of all that's going on because we showed weakness to them because we signed that Iran deal. We went back to it when Trump knew better. No, we don't make deals with our enemies. No, we put the fear of God into them and we say, you build a weapon, we'll destroy you. That's what you do because then they won't do it. Just like North Korea, same thing. You shoot off missiles, you develop an atomic weapon, you shoot one off in the Sea of Japan, we're coming after you. My button works. That's the key. Deterrence. You have to put the fear into them that you might do anything. See, it's not that Biden is weak. It's that Biden is predictable. Blinken is predictable. We know what their attitude is. Let's, let's get along. Let's be friends. Let's agree to, to disagree. That kind of thing. No. The United States should be all-powerful and strictly on the defensive. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do. We're not going to send our carriers to support Israel. Israel could fight its own wars. We don't need troops in Jordan. If you fuck with us, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. My button works. That's all you got to say. That's the whole point of an atomic weapon. That's the whole point of having overwhelming defense forces. That's the whole point of having 12 different carriers in 12 different nations. That's the, the whole point is deterrence. It's, it's really the same debate as the Second Amendment debate. People say, well, you only need the gun for hunting. You don't need a 16-round clip for gun. No, you don't understand. It's the fact that I'm not going to rob your house. Why? Because you're so heavily armed. I'm not even going to think about robbing. I'm not even going to think about pushing you in front of the subway. Somebody in the subway might open up on me and kill me. That's why. Deterrence. It's all about deterrence. It's not about the actual use. I, it, liberals don't get that. 
They don't get that with the Second Amendment. They don't get that with military defense force. And I, frankly, it, it spread that infection, that, that under, misunderstanding of what a military is all about spread to the Republican Party. Lindsey Graham's over there. Ah, let's go after him now. Let's get him now. Ah, I could sell lots of weapons if we get him out. And that kind of misunderstanding and misuse of force is what's getting us all into this trouble. That's why the neocons have profited off it. And this is why our enemies are growing bolder and bolder every day. They got all of our factions here in the United States fighting with each other. They've got complete incompetence in the White House and all the White House officials. They know we can do fucking whatever we want. You, you, you're, gonna, you, you, you're afraid to use the force that you have and then you just do it for profit. You don't do it for real reasons. You don't, you don't understand how to apply it properly. Donald Trump did. Use it for defense and strictly in reserve and like a loose cannon. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm just going to send a whole battalion of Marines on your doorstep. I, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm certainly not going to cater to the neocons in the Republican Party. I'm certainly not going to cater to my enemies. And you know what? America first. Ooh, with the arm. That's what America foreign policy should be. Donald Trump did it in a nutshell in, when he was up in NATO. America first. Out of my fucking way. Boom. I'm paying for this show. You're not paying. I am. United States. We're the ones who are funding NATO. You guys don't even meet your minimum obligation. Minimum. That's a minimum obligation. You don't even meet that. You got nothing to say. Back half. What was it Reagan did in the debates when he was running for president? I'm paying for this, Mike. Let people know that. We're the ones in charge. That's how you act. That's why they're afraid of Trump. Trump's a belligerent American. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And what are you going to do about it? That's... That, and that puts the fear in the earrings. That deters them. Stop talking shit. We're just going to pull out of NATO if you don't pay your bills. Everyone was like, oh, Trump's going to get out of NATO. Look, that's not going to happen. But you have to put the fear of God into our friends and your enemies. You don't know what I'm going to do. That's why he's always out talking about Putin as my buddy. That's why I always talk about Kim Jong-il. Oh, he's a good guy. Hey, he's a good guy. See, liberals never get that. They don't get it. They don't get what he's doing. Smarter, cooler, wiser, sharper people, people in business, people in private industry know exactly what he's doing. You always act like that. Out my way. I'm in charge. Put the arm out, shove him back. I'm the United States. I got the biggest economy in the world. I got the biggest military in the world. And damn it, I might just use it just to see the look on your face. That's key. When you got a guy who says, well, we... Uh, Iranians, are we going to send a diplomat to talk to the Iranians? I don't talk to them. They got nothing to say. And now they're scared. Not now with Biden administration. They're not scared at all. That's why they're killing American soldiers. Why do you have troops in Jordan? I mean, you're just asking for it. They're just targets. It's like, it's like the way we conducted the war in Afghanistan. What do we do? We sent troops up and down a road for them to shoot at, like a sitting duck. Are you kidding me? Why are, we, why are you trying to rebuild that nation? That's how you end up in World War III. That's why, by the way, all you lefties, that's why Governor Abbott says we're just going to go build a border wire anyway. What, what, what is the Biden administration going to do? Talk to us? He knows they're a paper tiger. He knows the Biden administration are a Potemkin village. So he's just going to do it. Fuck it. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and that's how law breaks down. That's how order breaks down. 
That's how you end up in civil wars. That's how you end up in World War III. Things just break down because you, deterrence. We forget about it. deterrence. Speaking of it, let's talk about the United Nations. We'll be right back. Now, the United Nations was never a good idea, <laughs> honestly. Everybody has their own national interests, their own national pride. There, there are things that Sweden wants that Finland doesn't. There are things that Finland wants that the United States doesn't. It's just the way the world works. We're all different. We all have different cultures. We all have different ideas. Hell, it's the way the United States has worked. People of New York don't live their lives in the way the people of Texas do or Florida or California. We're all different. We all have different jurisdictions. Our framers of our constitution were geniuses. They knew this. They knew that the people of New York would have nothing in common with the people of Iowa and would have different interests. That's why they created the bicameral system with senators being elected from the states and the people having their say with the House of Representatives. We really have 50 different governments all banded together under three governments, the judiciary, the executive, and the legislative. And then if everybody agrees to it, something gets done. That's the way with the original intended. So the United Nations was never going to work. It, they tried it with something called the League of Nations under Woodrow Wilson. That was a catastrophe too. That's what precipitated World War I. I'm surprised we haven't gotten in a war with the United Nations yet. Everybody gets to say, really, Iran? They're going to have something in common? with the United States or with France, for God's sakes? Do you think the French have anything in common with the people of Botswana land? Of course not, other than the fact that maybe they colonized them. But what was really going on? And the United Nations has all these different functions, which is another problem. You got the United Nations involved in charity work. You got the United Nations in peacekeeping. You got the United Nations in, in security matters, intelligence matters, they're everywhere. And more and more countries are becoming leftist, communists, fascist dictators. Even though the world is mostly democracies now, the reason it is is because democracy is a great tool for controlling the people. Mass democracy I'm talking about. That's what the framers were afraid of. They knew that mass democracy was a big problem. You could get anybody to think anything, especially if you control the media nowadays. That's why we have a republic. That's why it's so fundamentally different. Where landowners get a say as well as the people as well as the poor. That's how it works. We don't have mass democracy. Otherwise, you can get 99 people to agree to anything, including killing the 100th person. So the United Nations, as I said, has too many fingers and too many pies. Human Rights Council with Iran sitting on it. Cuba sitting on the Human Rights Council. Are you kidding me? It's completely bereft of any intellectual value. The story comes out that UNRWA, which is the United Nations, basically infrastructure group, UNRWA. You can look it up. It's on their website. The UN has got like a million bureaucracy. I mean, it's, it's, it's the bureaucracy of the world. It's really what it is. Apparently, the money given to UNRWA, staffers were using, to fund Palestinian interests up, in, up to and including October 7th. Everyone act horrified. Like you didn't know it. When the Israelis struck back after October 7th and they started to find these tunnels, mostly under hospitals and schools, I might add, 
they were finding UN supplies in the tunnels. There, there were, you know how you, when you build a tunnel, you build it with stacked sandbags outside the entrance to keep the entrance propped up, and then you dig, and then you put wood and steel and whatever. Some of these tunnels are very extensive, concrete, electrical, all kinds of things. It's like, it's like a fortress under here. It's a very unpleasant situation for the Israelis. They were finding that the sandbags and the construction concrete was coming from UNRWA. How did that happen? Well, you could make the case that the, the Hamas, which was running Palestine, was using money and supplies used to build, rebuild the infrastructure to build the tunnels. Okay, that's not the United Nations' fault. They're irresponsible giving that kind of money to the UN. Uh, excuse me, giving that kind of money to Hamas, but there you have it. But there's more to it than that. They were actually using the bags. They knew it. You would have had to have known it. You would have had to know that UN infrastructure, money, supplies was being diverted for nefarious means. Building and construction, supporting it, supporting weaponry, supporting actual people embedded with the Hamas terrorists. They're now investigating. Now, of course, the United Nations, oh, this is outrageous. Uh, we are these staffers who never would do that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right. This is an organization which sticks untested vaccines in African children. They'll do anything. Well, that's really what it's all about. You, you go on the UN site and you read some of the documents about what they think of the average common man. That we need to be changed psychologically scientifically, that it's more humane this way, that people can't be allowed to run themselves around themselves. It actually says this. Some of the writings by Huxley, which is a founding member of UNESCO. I, 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 I was just saying, look, they don't, they don't, they're not concealing it. They tell you what they are. They're evil. Right? That's, I mean, that's straight up evil. And the boldness of our enemies is growing because of that. That's why you're seeing more and more of these shithole little countries getting a vote and telling the United States that we're the human rights abusers. When they've got little children digging with their bare hands lithium so that you can have an iPod or an electric car, and they say that's not a human rights abuse. But Donald Trump being accused of a rape 30 years ago shows that there are no rights for women in the United States. It's incredible. They talk about human rights abuses in America while they run these Islamic republics where women have to completely cover up, when they're stoned to death, when they're throwing gays off the roof of whole buildings to assassinate them. So it doesn't surprise me that UN had something to do with October 7th. It doesn't surprise me at all because they're in bed with the Palestinians. They're in bed with the Iranians. They're in bed with, and it's like Europe is in bed with the Iranians too. They're getting gas and oil supplies through pipelines that run across those territories. They're buying their energy from the people that are attacking them. Russia is attacking Ukraine and they still fund it with buying gas. And Biden is adding fuel to the fire, so to speak, no pun intended, by shutting off LNG, liquid nat natural gas. That's how you ship gas, by the way, in liquid form. These huge container ships, you've seen them, big brown balls on them. He shut it off. Oh, we're not going to do it anymore. We're looking into the environmental concerns of it. Meanwhile, what, our Europe is going, what, what are we going to do? We have to buy from the Russians. We have to. We're, we're, no one's providing us a, a cheap alternative. 
because the solar panels and the wind can't possibly generate the amount of electricity that needs. They're growing. Our electric needs are growing faster than our solar and, and wind energy can. The UNRWA is graft, is what it is. Money is sent to them, then it flows to the Palestinians, and then people put money in their pockets to look the other way. That's what it's all about. They didn't sit there and say, oh, they're going to attack Israel, we'll, just look, we'll, we'll pick up arms. No, that doesn't have to work. They say, well, we need those supplies to build these tunnels. Here's a little money. You'll look the other way. And it's just used to protect the Palestinians against Israel. That's what they, how they sell it. Well, we just got to do this. We provide some protection because, you know, they're out to get Hamas. They're out. As AOC says, Israel is committing genocide against the Palestinians. Really? You want to see genocide? Why don't you watch the pictures from October 7th? Listen to what they say. They say it publicly. Israel doesn't have a right to exist. That is a genocidal mentality. Israel doesn't have a right to exist. We got a death to Jews. They actually say this from Iran. Why, why are they even allowed to see the United Nations, which is designed to, was originally formed to solve the problems of countries not getting along with each other? Israel needs to die. Yeah, we'll give them a seat at the table. Right. Cuba's torturing people in the very building overlooking a plaza where Obama took his picture with Castro. America, and then as he was getting in the plane, taking off from Havana, Air Force One, he was out there speaking shit about America. America's awful. See, they came to the US, they lick our balls. The UN supports the boldness of our enemies. They should have been even ousted. Our Palestine, every, every representative that was part of an Islamic revolution, October 7th, that's really what happened, should have been ousted from the United Nations, period. No, you can't sit anywhere. You're not even allowed a seat. It's the antithesis of, of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to provide world peace. Even if you believed in the things that they were putting on their website, that mankind needs to be changed scientifically and psychologically in order for it to survive. Even if you are siding with that, you think that's a good idea. Why would you side with people who are out and out murdering other people and saying, we have a right to? You don't have a right to even exist. That's why the Israeli ambassador walked out when he was speaking. We should have walked out too. Instead, what do we do? We, we helped arrest the guy. I, I, you, we should take that entire United Nations building, remove funding from everything. By the way, the United Kingdom, Australia, France, and some of these other countries have already stopped funding UNROWA. But you know that with the counting, the money will get there somehow. It's graft. But we should take that entire complex, shove it into the East River with a bulldozer, tell them go find someplace else, take all of our funding out of the United Nations, which means it will probably collapse, and give the land back to the Native Americans who originally owned it and say, hey, you know what? You're right. Here's some land for you. Here's 30 acres on the East River. Go do what you will. Go build a casino on there. Ask Trump to help you build it. Be great. We don't have to have Trump on the name, but it'll be a gold tower sitting on the East River instead of that United Nations shithole. Let's do that. And you kill two birds with one stone. You make the indigenous tribes happy, and you get rid of the problems in the world. Most of the problems in the world are coming from that UN. I got to tell you. The stuff that they're doing worldwide, do you think Bill Gates would be as, as famous as he is if it wasn't? The UN funding his experimental treatments on African children. I mean, think about this a second. They're using untested vaccines on children. I, I, it was my understanding with the Nuremberg laws that wasn't allowed. We're doing it. Well, through the UN. 
funding all kinds of things, keeping them in the poor. We build all kinds of tin huts for them. What the hell is that? You got to teach them how to build their own huts. You got to teach them how to food farm it. What was that joke by Sam Kinison? We have fucking deserts in the United States. We don't live there. We don't farm there. You got to have them build an economy. You have to teach them the fish instead of giving them a fish. That's how you solve poverty. You provide for them the opportunities to build their own infrastructure. You don't sell them solar panels and windmills. That makes them more reliant upon you because they don't have developed the technology yet. You've got to show them what they can do with their resources. You've got to allow them cheap fossil fuels. This whole climate change is designed to keep the third world in its place and keep you, the average guy, in your place. You're going to be controlled. Smart thermostats that really we have the control on. Solar panels, technology. We want you more reliant on our technology, which only a handful of people sell, and we're going to subsidize with your taxpayer dollars. You're putting yourselves out of it. The United Nations supports the boldness of our enemies. Our weakness supports the boldness of our enemies, and they're growing strong on it. it needs to stop. So people ask me, you know, like I said, people have asked me, why, why are you supporting Trump? You're, you're a smart guy. You, you know, you can see he just thinks things to himself because he's the only one saying the same thing I am. That a climate change agenda is designed to control people. Simple as that. They want you in a plantation economy. It's us versus them, not right versus left, folks. Anyway, we're out of time for today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I've got, like I said, I'm in the process of getting applications and contracts with Twitter to provide videos through Twitter. Not every show, uh, on time, like a Tucker Carlson thing. And we'll charge for that. Um, those of you who are already in the video, you already get every video anyway for your $10 a month through our website. Or if you want, like I said, donate a dollar or two, buy me a cup of coffee, tell me I'm doing a good job. That, to me, that's really important. And, and I know a lot of you do, but uh, please. Let other people know about the show, too. You know, tell everybody, hey, watch the show. We're out of time for today. I'll be back on Wednesday. Take care, folks. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Liberty Never Sleeps podcast with your host, Tom Purcell. Negativity never sounded so good.